are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs and the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, as always, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. And the San Antonio Spurs season is over. Yeah, the 20. 20- 21 season is all but done after the Spurs lost to Memphis in the play-in game. Uh, was that uh, just last night? So, yeah. What happened in that game? Why did the Spurs lose? Uh, were there any positives in it? What did we learn about this team in this one game that projects into the future, uh, that being the offseason and much, much more? Now, full disclosure, we're not going to get into it quite yet as far as free agency, uh, draft picks, you know, the, the dust is still settling from the loss. So we're just kind of glean some stuff from that L and uh, pretty much uh, give our takes and much, much more. And to do that with me is Casey Vieira. He's back, everybody. Casey's back. Ta-da. Casey is back. And of all the times Casey's back, it's coming off a of Spurs L and end to the season. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieira. And also check out his YouTube show with his wife, Vieira's an essay. Casey, first of all, welcome back. How you been? Uh, you know, life as usual. Ain't nothing did too you, crazy. Did you even watch the playing game? Yes, I watched the playing game, Jeff. There were some fans that, that told me they did not turn in. Top, just because the Knicks are a top four seed in the Eastern Conference doesn't mean I belittle the playing games. Come on. Who do you think I am? <laughs> How are you feeling, by the way? Your Knicks are in it. Um, I feel good. I feel good in this Hawks series. I, I, I feel good. Uh, after that, after that, we might have to have a conversation about how I'm feeling. <laughs> but right now, right now against the Hawks, I'm feeling good. This is what I, I certainly feel better than what we would have been if we were playing Brooklyn or Milwaukee. Right. Uh, that's 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 a definite. But home court. Four or five against a team that they took care of this year. It's going to be a lot tougher, and we're in the playoffs, but feeling all right. Feeling all right. Thank you for asking. I I went to MSG for Spurs Knicks, and that place was dead. It was dead in there. I mean, every single – because, well, as far as concession stands, like the extras – Oh, yeah, yeah, they had they had like just the basics out. There was none of that yeah. New York City flair at all, and um, the media was not allowed to even get close to the court. The Nets, so I went to Spurs Nets. They let you get as as close as they they'll allow you, like right behind the uh, the benches, but still that wide gap. The Knicks, right. we had to get it. We they escorted us to our seat, and they had literally a PR guy. Pretty much patrolling us, making sure we don't leave our section and go downstairs. So wow. I I asked, I go, am I allowed to go down there and get some footage? They're like, no. They go, you got to stay in your sign seat. It's like, or okay. your section, I guess. So, yeah. So uh, everything's peachy keen out here in New York City. But uh, enough of the Knicks and the Big Apple. And let's go ahead and dive into some uh, Spurs matters. And that being... Uh, the silver and black season has come to an end after a 196 loss to Memphis. You know, you look at this game, Casey, and you know the scoreboard could have been a lot worse for the Spurs. That first quarter was just trash, wasn't it? It was, but I don't think that's ultimately what did it in. Because if it was, then it wouldn't have been a 
four-point defeat or whatever. Well, 196, yeah, four-point defeat. Yeah. Because they did, do a, they did do a good job bouncing back. They took the lead in the second half. That largely, for the most part, defensively, they played pretty well. They contained Job Morant pretty well. Job some big buckets down the stretch. But if it's a matter of letting Dylan Brooks beat you yeah. as a result of containing John Morant, you take it every single day. You do. You do. And, and they, they played pretty well on the defensive side of the basketball. Of course, like you said, that first quarter was a, was a train wreck and a half, but they did a good job responding. And unfortunately for them, though, the offensive side of the basketball and what's going to be the topic of conversation for the next six months now was just how poorly DeMar played and how poorly mm-hmm. Dante Murray shot the basketball. So uh, t- tough exit for the Spurs, very tough exit for the Spurs. Yeah, you, you know, the, the Spurs did a pretty good job on Ja, holding him to 11 points at half. Uh, so, you know, all in all, that was a good job. And, and at half, I was thinking, okay, Spurs, you weather that horrific start. You got back into it. You cut that one point, that double-figure lead on you guys down to single digits. You're doing okay. You got to capitalize on Ja having a bad game. Uh, they did not. Uh, you mentioned Ja hit some key shots in, in the second half. And you look at what the Spurs did in that game. It, it almost was representative of the entire season in that one game. They don't make threes. Now, granted, Memphis is also a team that doesn't make threes. But still, they were outshot in the three line by Memphis. They got killed on the boards. They just Jonas Valanciunas just himself was just a monster. And they could not find the bottom of the bucket. You mentioned uh, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, what, five for 21? Five for 21 on the night for the uh, Spurs uh, forward there. You look at what this game meant. Obviously, it meant, you know, winner go home. But you could almost say, like, yeah, this was the Spurs. They, 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 were the, the, they had the little engine that could but just really couldn't in the end. Yeah. And how many times this year did they get doomed by a slow start, too? Even though this wasn't the overriding. Slow start wasn't the overriding factor. But it certainly didn't help that they spent a large portion of the second and third quarter digging out of that. And I think that's probably the best way to put it, the way you just did put it, because a lot of those things that plagued them at portions, during portions of the season, whether, whether it had been uh, shooting the basketball or stretches, the start of the year, at least, where Jakob just couldn't figure anything out to, to, for the life of him, it was kind of a microcosm in this game how everything went throughout the year, their inability, and in several of the close games that they had this year, the single score losses to close out. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and yeah, I think to phrase it as a microcosm, what we saw is accurate because largely for the most part it was, right? It really was. And you look at the Spurs, and look, credit to them for chopping. Popping down that 21-point Memphis lead down to single. As a matter of fact, they took the lead briefly in that fourth quarter. And and then that fourth quarter, I was thinking, okay, this team has a shot, like a legit shot to get this W. And they were on pace to do that. But poor shooting just got them again. It wasn't just DeMar. It was DeJounte, as you mentioned. You know, the, the guys as a whole could not find the bottom of the bucket. And what was shocking is that, a lot of these shots that they would normally make in the season, they could not make in this play-in game. Um, even the commentators during the game were just astounded. Like, oh, you know, Murray's going off for that little mid-range above the free-throw line shot, and he usually makes it. Oh, he clanked it. 
Same thing with Demar. Same thing with even a guy like like Patty Mills was whiffing on a few guys, a few shots. Um, I, I if this this game pretty much represented what the whole season was about. A, they didn't have key players. They didn't have uh, Derek White. Which leads me to ask you, do you think he would have made a difference in this game? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You need engine modules, you need brake parts, you need tail lamps, you need motor oil, you need carpet. Go check out RockAuto.com. Uh, for those items and much, much more. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and it's delivered directly to your door. The catalog is unique, easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for your vehicle, even see the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And those prices are always going to be reliably low at rockauto.com. Same for you and professionals. So don't go spending up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you do that, right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Um, yeah. But I say yes very loosely because a lot of the things that he brings on the defensive side of the basketball, they did a good job anyways, regardless. Uh, on the offensive side of things, we don't exactly know him to be a what's, – what's the word I'm looking for? A full-on offensive catalyst, so to speak, but we know him to be productive and – when the other option is one guy shoots five of 21, 522, whatever it was, mm-hmm. the other guy shoots four of 17, I guess mm. the only place you can really go is up from, from there at that point. So by default, right. I'd say, yeah, he probably helps, but I don't think it, it's a lock to say that no doubt if they had Derek White, it'd be, it'd be a win. Uh, he, he certainly would have helped. And mm-hmm. I think... I think mainly the reason I say that again is just because they were good on the defensive side of the basketball the other night. They were, yeah. they, they, they were strong. They were strong on the defensive side of the basketball, but it's just when those shots aren't falling, they're just not falling and it dooms you. They helped them yeah. to a hundred points. What more could yeah. you ask for? You know? Yeah. I felt like an old nineties game at one point. I was like, mm-hmm. are we watching the nineties uh, NBA right now? Because it was a low scoring game. And I saw that pace, way down i think okay this plays in the spurs favor but i don't think well but it also plays in memphis's favor as well i mean this this team is you, you know almost mirror images of one another just memphis is uh, just ahead of the curve uh ever so slightly to get that w you know it's not just uh murray and demar DeRozan had poor shooting nights just the team collectively yeah lonnie walker two for eight and missed all his three-point shots uh dejounte murray same thing with him missed all his three-point attempts Keldon Johnson, five for 11 on the night. He did hit a three, managed to hit a one three-pointer for 11 points. Uh, you know, DeJounte Murray had another triple-double, but it didn't feel like, uh, like yay. You know, it, it was just – It, was, it just, was hollow numbers. Yeah, it was just really – 10 rebounds. I'm sorry, 13 rebounds, 11 assists, and 10 points. 
you know, credit Rudy Gay. You know, I think if any of the veterans or just anybody on the roster fought to the bitter end was him. He finished with 20 points and hit some key shots in that fourth quarter to make it interesting. The Spurs actually outscored Memphis 31 to 28 in the final frame. It just was not enough. There's also this too, you don't want to say an excuse, but some calls were questionable. And that makes me think, okay, fine. You know, the refs did it. They missed they missed the whistle. You know, they called it against so-and-so when it should have been against this guy. And how is John T. Murray getting whacked across the head and nothing happening? But this just tells me that, you know, you got to earn it. You know, you got to earn your spot in the NBA and even among refs. And instead, it felt like it felt like this is just a young team, and these refs are like, "Yeah, we don't, we, we don't know who you guys are." And there's that lack of respect, if you will, or that lack of recognition that these are not the same Spurs anymore. Where, yeah, Kawhi's going to get those favorable favorable calls. Tony is, and Tony, Timmy is. They're not there yet. I, I think that's yeah. I think that's probably a a, a very solid analytical analytical way to to put it. But that's the type of thing that comes with, with time, right? LeBron, LeBron gets popped in the face on a, I don't want to say a relatively pedestrian play by Draymond Green, but a fringe call by Draymond Green, and he goes down. And you know that at least there's a real chance. Anybody else, very few stars are going to be wondering at that point, hey, why, aren't, why is this not a flagrant foul? Uh, and, and that might be a little bit of a stretch of the example, but for the sake of the conversation, it's, 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 Part of being a young team, right? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. part of not having that star power right now. Um, there were moments of it in that game that you saw. But on the other side of the spectrum, I don't think Jaw's been around to get enough of those star calls, right? Right. Yeah. Not really. I mean, Valanciunas, I would have to look back at it. Valanciunas has been around a little while. Not that he's a star, but he's at least a veteran with some mm-hmm. with some name at this point to uh, at least really – spark the respect of an official, but I think that's something that's been the case the whole year, but it, it, it comes with time, right? That's the type of thing that comes with time, the rep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Valentunas because again, another reason to look at this loss as indicative of the whole season is the lack of depth at the big man spot. I mean, credit Pirtle. First of all, he did not get in foul trouble. So that's great. I think he only had managed to get one foul at half. So I think that was very, very key for San Antonio going to the second half. But, you know, Valanciunas got cooking, and um, he started getting going, and the Spurs don't really have somebody to counter at him. You know, Pirtle said, you know, Eubanks, Eubanks he rarely played because he was just so undersized against uh, against uh, Valanciunas there. And then you throw in Gorgie Dang again, of course, you know, undersized, but, you know, it's not – what it's not the Spurs depth at the big man spot is lacking. And that's something that's going to be, have to be addressed in the off season. And we saw that in the loss to Memphis, Casey. Yeah. Uh, almost, I don't want to say a primary concern in the off season. And of course we're, we're all going to be a victim of recency bias here and remember what Valanciunas did to the bigs underneath between um, Jakob and Drew Eubanks yeah. and Gorgie Jackson, and, and we're going to remember that in the immediacy. But this is kind of the same impasse that we talked about this time last year, right? Or last offseason was whether or not Jakob was a guy that you can trust to hold it down as the guy for the foreseeable future. And the answer is kind of a mixed bag. 
you know, defensively, yeah, he's good to a, a certain degree. He's solid to a certain degree, but that's probably not enough to mm-hmm. hold up the conversation to say, yeah, well, we can live with his rebounding woes at times if it means he's going to be that good defensively because he's not and he doesn't offer much on the offensive end either. So in all likelihood, that's going to be something that will be addressed, presumably, or, or should be addressed in the coming months. But then again, the way I see it, the way a lot of people see it, I feel like at this point is everyone's kind of fair game, right? Right. Yeah, Valanciunas finished with 23 points, Casey, and 23 rebounds. 23 rebounds. Mm. So, yeah. He yeah. did some damage to San Antonio in the paint. And he also threw an, uh, three blocks. Stayed out of foul trouble, too. Two fouls for the game. Plus 26 for Memphis while he was on the court in 38 minutes. So he definitely was uh, taking advantage of the Spurs' lack of depth and just, you know, having his way. Pirtle, on the other hand, took 32 minutes and a double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, five blocks. You know, again, a, a solid performance, but just not enough to counter uh, Valanciunas. And here's something I want to bring up. Dylan Brooks, either he just he loves playing against the Spurs because uh, he lit up once again, 40 minutes, 24 points. Uh, was a pest, pest on DeMar DeRozan. I mean, just was clamping him down. To me, Brooks is exactly what the Spurs need on this roster, Casey. He was good. He was good. He was real good. He's one of those guys, your classic, love him if you have him, hate him if you have to play against him kind of dudes. Yeah. Because he's going to give you your offense and spurts like we saw. I, I don't trust him to hold it down again for a full 82. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't trust him to hold it down for a full 82, but he's scrappy. He's scrappy. He's annoying. He's a pain in the ass. He's going to be a, he's going to, he's going to cause headaches on one side of the floor for somebody, at least whoever he's matching up against. And we saw it with DeMar and we saw it on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and, and yeah, if any of the young guys that they do have right now can, develop a little bit of that mean streak, so to speak. Is that what we want to call it? I guess a bit of a right. mean streak. Yeah. Beneficial, right? Yeah, the Spurs had a guy like that a long time ago named Bruce Bowen. I mean, that's basically what it was, you know. Although, uh, you know, same thing, you know, love him, you know, he's on your team, hate him, he's not. That was Bruce Bowen. And Dylan Brooks was that for San Antonio or against San Antonio in the loss. You, you, you look at overall the game and, you know, it was – you you tip their cap you tip your cap to them for fighting back, you know, and making it interesting. Popovich spoke about it after the game, uh, almost to a tee. The players did saying that this team never gives up; uh, they fight to the bitter end. But you know, let's talk about what some of the players said. Some highlights. Uh, you look at Lonnie Walker. I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, he he was he took the loss hard, hard. I mean, he was near tears. You know, mm-hmm. long pauses between answers. You know, look, it, it's you don't want to see your player like that. You know, he's down, but at the same time, you do want to see your player down like that because you hope that that's going to be a spark for him next season, Casey. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA. NHL, UFC, MMA action. 
So before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs of the playoff. Head to the website right now, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and I should know because I'm completely out and I'm in the process of getting a new box. They got nine delicious flavors, including the limited flavor you'll get hey, once in a while. Keep an eye out for that. Hey, look, those flavors, you get cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, coconut. The list goes on and on. There's something for everyone, and if you cannot make up your mind, you can try all the flavors with their mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You can't go wrong by getting yourself a box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 to get yourself 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. That's at least an, an encouraging thing, and it was the same deal on the uh, on the telecast a couple of days before that, a couple of days before the end of the season, I should say, where whoever was having a conversation with him in the headset told him that I guess it was the Pelicans who lost when they were trying to clinch mm-hmm. that spot, and you right. saw how pumped up he was. He had the fist pump, and you're like, okay, it's for as much as we've been talking about losing and tanking, and then all those crutch words about not playing well. You're hoping at least these guys care going forward. These guys care. They have some sort of heart. And that's what Lonnie showed that night, and that's what Lonnie showed last night or two nights ago now, mm-hmm. I should say. And, and, and that's, that stuff is encouraging, the emotional. And, and it kind of tends to go back to that, that meme streak. I, see, I don't know if Lonnie will become one of those, those guys, but no. guys who show they have emotion, guys who care, it's almost kind of like that's a prerequisite for this thing, for kind of being a part of Spurs basketball, right? <laughs> it, it hasn't exactly been there the entire season, and so much of the narrative would be to dump this guy, dump that guy, dump this vet, dump that vet. Why isn't the young guy playing? Why isn't the young guy sitting? That's just been all over the place. <clears throat> Excuse me. So to see that was definitely a positive sign. I agree. Yeah, I like that. As, as much as your heart went out to him, you you hope it's just going to give him that fuel for next season. But you look at Kelton Johnson, he was a 180. We had Lonnie, who was visibly distraught. Kelton was all smiles, saying like, hey, yeah, it sucks the season ends, but look at all the positives. I mean, he was just hammering the positive. He goes, the coaching staff was great. You know, we fought to the end um, that he's excited for this team that he's proud of the team. And he was just the complete opposite. You know, he's raring to go for next season. Uh, Vassell also told media that he had a conversation with Kelton Johnson and that they swore to each other that this team is going to make the playoffs next year. By the way, Casey, two consecutive missed playoffs uh, in each uh, last two seasons for San Antonio, the first uh, ever. So that, at least in a while, at least that tells you uh, the standard that the Spurs uh, have had for quite some time. But nevertheless, um, yeah, you, you also, what you hear from the players afterwards was um, a lot of hope. That's what it felt like, a lot of hope. Like, there's promise there. Popovich spoke to it saying that, hey, you know, give me a, give me these young guys and give me a quality practice time with them. 
maybe it could be different. Uh, you know, let's not have the distractions of the injuries, Lamarcus Aldridge situation when he left. Uh, you know, I, I, Demar Derozan said it was a roller coaster, and I think he's right. This whole season was just a roller coaster. You had the LMA situation. You had Derek White in and out. You had guys not starting the season. Keldon Johnson, remember, he didn't start the season. Uh, you had rookies that were having to rely on. And then, you, of course, DeMar DeRozan's personal issues, the, the pandemic. It's, I, I mean, can you look at those issues, Casey, and say, like, you know, that's a big reason why maybe the Spurs season uh, fell flat? I think so. I think so. I don't want to say a, an overriding reason why, but I think for a lot of teams, especially the teams that were on the fringe one way or another, is that you can attribute a lot of this to the COVID stuff. You can attribute a lot of this to the condensed schedule, and and you can contribute a lot of this to the practice time. Now, Now, I don't think that's the ultimate difference in some of these teams' end result. Maybe a little things here and there. I think largely the teams are what they are. But to say that COVID stuff, the lack of practice time, it was not a factor. I don't think it was the overriding factor, but I do think it was a factor. I do. And having kind of that reset button, that recharge button, hopefully we get next year with a slight bit of normalcy, hopefully coming back to earth, so to Mm -hmm. speak, if you will, that, that will be beneficial for the Spurs. That will be beneficial uh, for really anybody. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan, Although he did not speak about his future in San Antonio, he did talk about the Spurs and the city uh, when he was asked about, uh, you know, he's pondering, you know, his next step. He said he's not thinking about that, that his uh, his attention was more towards the young guys and making sure they're going to keep their chin up in the loss. But then he started keeping on. He kept on talking. Uh, Casey, and this is interesting. Uh, he did admit that coming from Toronto to San Antonio actually wasn't that bad in the end that he tipped his cap to the coaching staff, that they've been there for him and his family, that he enjoys the young guys, uh, that, you know, he appreciates the city. Uh, although he didn't say it, but he was a lot, it was a lot of past tense talk. The city was good. This coach staff was good. These guys are going to be good. Um, I didn't mind, you know, it wasn't so bad coming from Toronto uh, to uh, the Alamo city. <clears throat> Hard to, uh, Hard to understand whether that was his goodbye speech to San Antonio or not, but what do you think? You think he's back, or you 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 just don't know? It felt like a goodbye speech to me. It did. Okay. It did. It felt like a goodbye a good spot a goodbye speech to me, and I think it probably should be a goodbye speech. I like because you want him to you want him to wear that that Nick uniform next year, don't you? No, I, do, I don't want him to wear it. He doesn't fit the Knicks. He doesn't fit. I, I like him. I like him. I think he's a, a better dude than he is basketball player. The, the great guy to cover, always open with the media. I like his game. It's the, his ability to adapt is, is, is about as good as anyone. But at this point in his career, that to ask that adaptation to where the, the Knicks are right now, what they're looking for, I don't think that uh, he really he really fits in, in New York. But I kind of got the vibe hearing that was that he 
it felt it, it it seemed like a guy who was kind of like, all right, well, you know, I was here, I enjoyed it here. Thank you for your time. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna move on. And I I think he should. This team right now, and I think a split right now is best for both parties because this essentially is what they are maxed out with DeRozan. They are what they are. They're not gonna jump into a. a the conversation of being a title contender presently constructed. So I think this is something, a process that they should have done a a couple years ago in terms of building from the ground up. And now is a real legitimate timeframe in which they should be doing that. And, And part of the way you do that is to let DeMar walk on. And I think DeMar at this point this is his last big paycheck chance to get a paycheck, but it's also probably his last real big chance to make an impact on a contending team. So if he can get there, whether it is, he does so, whether he is able to sign somewhere or work out a sign and trade something along those lines, I think that's the best Avenue to go for both parties. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I, I think, um, it's time for the Spurs to hit that hard reset button. I mean, it looks like they were just hovering above it. You know, well, can we still make this work? Can we mesh these this veteran and, and with him and at that time, LMA and Rudy and Patty? Can we make this happen? And it looks like they are who they are. This is the team that they are with as presently constructed. Who knows? Maybe they get a uh, maybe they get your dog Lily to join the team next year. Uh, she wants or he wants to join the San Jose Spurs. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but uh, but I'll see. Uh, he's part I'll of. Uh, he's looking on his Twitter. He he's part of the the ever never ending Spurs veteran youth Twitter debate. A Twitter debate. That's him. Like, the Allen Austin Twitter. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> it's, it's about erupting to a all out brawl. And Spurs fans on on the social media. At what oh, man, point, they're, like they're not liking yeah, each other right now. No, I mean, I, I I didn't get as involved in the Spurs Twitter thing until I started hanging out with you on this program. What was like, you have a little bit more of, of the backstory, the back history. What was the tipping point that just fractured this fan base the way it has? Because they like hate, I don't want to say they hate each other, but it's clear that the youth, the vet thing has put a hard line between the two. And it, yeah. it, it's literally like a civil war. Do you remember <laughs> What yeah. kind of like I do. point? What, what I was it? it? It it actually started with Luka Samanich. That's what it started with. He, he was he was one of he was one of the early sparks in this uh, civil war. You know, is he going right. to be good? Is he yeah. not going to be good? And then it Sorry. just you know, it's like, it, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Lily has a has a, an opinion on this, but mm-hmm. um, you know, that's how it started with Luka. It started and it just branched out from there. So. It started with Samanich. Is he going to be good? Is he not going to be good? All right. That was the that was kind of the dividing line. You know, there's give him mm-hmm. time, let him cook. Versus no, he was a high pick, number nineteen. He should be producing by now. So that, that's how that began. All right, fine. Then it turned. Then it evolved into, well, who picked him? Well, Popovich and Buford loved him. You know, they picked him nineteen. They're lucky to get Kelden at twenty nine. Oh, so now it's Popovich's fault. Well, yeah, let's put Popovich in, in focus now. Look how he is now without any star players, you know, not making the playoffs you know, two consecutive times now. So it just devolved into that. Then it says, like, well, well, it's not Buford's fault because he's gone. It's Brian Wright. Well, then then it turned into that. Now it's just turned into the vets. It, it just – I think the Somnish debate was just the spark and what started, and they just so many branches popped off. And then 
another spark is Demar. Stay or go, keep him, sign him, extend him. That was another uh, early fight among Spurs fans uh, that turned into them tweeting to each other that find me, I'll go fight you right now. Uh, I'll pay for your flights, <laughs> stuff like that. Come meet me. Yeah. Um, it, it's gotten crazy. And, and here's the thing. If they hit the reset button next year and really go youth moving, I'm talking, yeah, playing their high pick next year. If, if pop keeps one or two or all of the veterans or even Patty, just him by himself, and they see Patty getting more minutes over a guy like Trey Jones or somebody else they may bring in, watch that. It'll be another spark. That'll mm-hmm. be – look what they're doing. He's still playing Patty over this young guy, Trey Jones, or whoever else they draft if it's a guard. You know, you're, you're going to see that. Or you might see – pretend the Spurs get the 12th pick or the 11th pick again. Look, that 11th pick is in Austin now because the G League will be back next year. And then they yep. look at him. He's just stashed away. And look at the number 10 pick that I mean, the Bulls have. Look at him flourish. Well, the Spurs right. 11th pick is in Austin. That, that's going to be another spark next year. You can see it coming already. But uh, we, we uh, get back on track here and talk about the loss to uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. So now the season is all wrapped up. Um, they, they end the season, what, on a five-game losing streak? Um, losing three in a row to Memphis. Um, a lot of questions ahead, a lot of answers that need to be given. Uh, I said it before in Lockdown Spurs, I'll ask you this question. Are this, is this upcoming offseason very critical for the future of this franchise? Oh, without a doubt. Because I feel like, I feel like this year they need to finally pull the trigger on something that they've been avoiding for really three years now, and that's basically blowing it up and starting from scratch and not positioning themselves to be in first-round purgatory from that 7-10 to 10 spot, which is pretty much what their ceiling is in that 7-10 to 10 spot because you're not going to get anywhere. You're not bad enough to bottom out, and you're not good enough to be anything more than what you are, a first-round exit, which is what they've been the past three seasons now. and Well, four seasons. Four seasons now. And... I think it's just a matter of of what it was, was just prolonging the inevitable. And now you just have to accept the inevitable for what it is. You're going to have to hit the reboot because you can't build around DeMar anymore. He's gone. Do you really trust what you have right now that they can, this group, that they can really be competitive at a, at a high playoff level, not really, not really, unless they, they make the, a notable jump next year. So now I think it's a matter of just accepting that, hey, every team at some point, every, every organization at some point is going to have to just accept what they are. So if mm-hmm. they get a top 10 pick this year, you, move, you, 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 you take whoever's there, you, you get your guy, and then you keep moving on. And next year, if you're a bottom seven to five team in the league, you get your pick, and then you at least have someone who's closer at that point to some franchise, hopefully alpha caliber player, and, and you're, kind of, you're kind of resetting a little bit. But that said, though, I think the Spurs, for once, need to be active looking elsewhere outside of their guy. I think everybody should be on the table 
in some capacity, if it means trading up in the draft to potentially send whoever it may be. I sparked a conversation on Twitter the other day. Would you trade Keldon Johnson for a top 10? If the right guy is there who you felt is more of an alpha at that yeah. point or better fits the floor with DeJounte Murray, if you're invested in DeJounte Murray as the guy, well, I think you go up there and you take him because I think that's another aspect of it as well is mm-hmm. that they don't, it, it's what, what's the plan? You know what I mean? This is something that you and I had this conversation at the trade deadline. It just feels like there's no plan. If there was a plan, why didn't they trade tomorrow? Why didn't they trade Aldridge? When is that going to kind of fall into place? And I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with the inevitable of needing to blow it up. But right. it, feels like, it, 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 it feels like there is no rhyme or reason or direction as to what they're aiming to do. And this summer, now they have to do it, or you're just going to have more of the same mm-hmm. of what you're looking at right now. Not a, maybe not a full-on blow it up, but there's guys on this team right now that have value in this league. For as much as people bash Monty Walker on Twitter or DeJounte on Twitter, whoever, it, for, for their faults, or you know, you've seen it all at this point. These are guys that still have value. And I think the first task they got to do is separate that logjam a little bit between Murray, White, Lonnie Walker. I think one right. of those guys is going to have to get moved. One of those three guys is going to have to get moved for someone who's a big, someone who's a three, who's a four, whether it's a draft pick to get a three or a four, because that logjam is just what it is. And you're going to have to pay Lonnie Walker potentially anyways, because he's a restricted free agent. But then again, knowing the way history has gone over the past three years, it's not like they've done a good job of of selling their guys when they can. It's just play out the contract Mm -hmm. and not get anything, just see what you get out of them. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. So, so I know I kind of went roundabout. No, no. So I'm, I'm back to your question. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought it up because some of the dates to watch next season, one of them does does include Lonnie Walker. I think they have to. They have a qualifying for him uh, due up on June 29th, uh, 2022, next season. So that's mm-hmm. you know they'll have that same thing with Kelvin Johnson. They have a team option with him on October thirty first, twenty twenty one, and then the other big date to watch is um, August one, which is um, if there's no extension for uh, for Demar Derozan, he is an official unrestricted free agent. And according to ESPN's Bobby Marks, the value of him right now is around the thirty thirty three. No, I'm sorry, the thirty million ish. Um, starting, you know, for uh, for him. So the Spurs do have a lot of money, uh, but do you want to invest it in a 32-year-old Ford who um, may not, who's a good player, but maybe just not what they need moving forward with the young guys on board? So, yeah, there are a lot of questions to be answered, but we will answer those right here on Lockdown Spurs when that time comes. The dust is still settling. Even I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's next? You know, in the offseason, we know that we got the draft. Summer League will, is back. And that, that is something to keep an eye on. And uh, also, you know, the Spurs free agents, not just uh, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, it's Trey Lyles. It's Patty Mills. It's Rudy Gay. You all know the, the list. So uh, keep it here at Lockdown Spurs in the offseason. We'll do our best to uh, give you all the latest Spurs news and notes and topics of conversation until next season begin. 
It's going to feel like a long time before uh, that happens, Casey. Early vacation for San Antonio. Yeah, and and a good thing for you that you have a lot to talk about, and and there will be a lot to talk about this summer. And we're we're where it feels like now we're years removed from the what do we call it, the Bryn Forbes uh, lunchbox <laughs> dialogue thing. You'd really have to keep digging up for for content. Uh, well, no, it, I, I can't really foresee that happening soon in this offseason. Like, here's Lonnie Walker's new T-shirt, you know, something like that. Yeah. Well, well. Well, oh no, please! You were going well beyond a T-shirt, man. You were really digging things up. I was, yeah, I was I, impressed. I, I was, I was impressed like, because you were finding facts and things like that, novelties. Jakob Pertle said something for, or, or no, I think you had like a for no, it wasn't Pertle. It was, um, it was like what Fabrizio Alberto said to a oh yes. like ESPN Brazil, right? Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It was something like that about um, about his e gaming, I think, or something like that, or his uh, gaming. I don't know. Hobby. I don't remember. remember at that point. I remember at that point. I was like, man, we really need this bubble to get started. <laughs> we really need him to figure it out. Poor Jeff. Poor I know, Jeff, man. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So. Um, as mentioned in the beginning of the show, uh, Casey Vieira has a great YouTube show. Uh, Vieira's an SA. Uh, go check it out on YouTube. He and his wife, you know, give you all the latest and greatest of what's going on in their newlywed life. From painting, yes, painting, uh, to even his wife um, giving a little tips and tricks of the business or uh, school. And I think that's what she did recently, Casey. So, um, yeah, yeah, go. We, we go, try to offer some life advice. Yeah, some life advice there. Go check it out right now and follow Casey on Twitter at Casey underscore Vieras. For me, make sure to uh, subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. And make sure to subscribe to the rest of the Locked On NBA Network shows, whether it be NHL, MLB, uh, NFL, NBA. Uh, go check it out. It's all there at the Locked On NBA Network. I highly advise you to go do that right now. And if you need your sports fix outside of the Spurs, then you can get it all in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. It updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. For Casey Vieira, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs. <laughs>